And this morning, I want to just kind of set the stage. We looked last week in the book of Exodus and Israel leaving Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, huge miracle in the Bible. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, places are significant, things that happen. It's not just history. It's history of the experience of God's people. So it's one of the cool things you can do. Not every place is a, but when you follow Israel leaving Egypt, and the places that they stop at, the different things that happen. There's, there's moments, there's, there's history in those places where we in the New Testament celebrate on a spiritual level, not so much places, but places still matter. Where something happened, good or bad, a remembrance. You know, we'll never forget sitting on our porch uh, through the whole storm. Uh, we had a brand new patio put on and, and we sat with our dear friends and their children and we sat on the porch literally the whole, basically moving into the corner here, moving over to the corner there. That place will always be sacred for us. Uh, we cried out to Jesus there in that place and there's those spots that you can come back to and remember like getting baptized and you can refresh yourself wherever it was when you were baptized. I was baptized in the Gulf of Mexico in 1975. And it's a place that's forever. The beach is special to me because it's right down the road from the Lonnie Kai. It's where I was baptized. And I look forward to going back and, and ministering uh, at the beach. Um, and I don't think Bob and Pam are here today. Yet you are here, our beach people. They're not the only beach people, but you're, 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 you're our beach people. You're our point people on the on the ground out there, and I look at you guys smiling. Yeah, I got to tell a story. So Pam calls me, and she's all jacked up, uh, excited. So I tried to get Pastor Kim, and didn't get her. So she called me, and she said, "Do you have a minute?" And I said, "Is it good news?" And she said, "Yes." I said, "I got a lot of minutes." So uh, I would—I didn't say that, but anyway. So they were in church last Sunday, and one of you—I don't know who—anonymously came up to them and had a, handed them an envelope with a thousand dollars in it, which was amazing because they had just been turned down from FEMA for any help. And, and their home was underneath destroyed, their cars and vehicles destroyed and turned down. So they went home that day celebrating. Well, Bob went and got his mail from before the storm that were at his father-in-law's house, got home and opened it up, had forgotten that he had paid the flood insurance premium. And they found out they had flood insurance didn't need FEMA. And guess what the deductible was for the flood insurance? $1,000. Can you make this stuff up? You can't make this stuff up. And I get it. That's not everybody's story. And I, I get it that it's, you know, it's just, it's just, you have to celebrate the good though in the middle. And that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, and I know they're celebrating uh, what God has done. Uh, with them. Uh, and, and last week we were following Israel. They get this huge celebration. They, they came out of the Red Sea and, and they, three days they're in the desert and they have no water and they get bitter and complaining and angry. Not that any of us ever get that way. And God brings them to what looks like an oasis of water. They get there and they find out it's bitter. It's, makes them, it's, it's sickening. It's, it's so putrid, the water. And God, why would God allow that to happen like a hurricane that's putrid? It's not the way it's meant to be. Waters aren't meant to be bitter and poisonous. And, and storms aren't meant to destroy people's lives. That's just not the way God made the earth to be. It's out of, way, it's out of sync. 
The earth is in need. The Bible says in the book of Romans that the earth creation groans because it's not the way it's meant to be. The, 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 whether it's pollution or violence or, or whatever in nature is gone, it's just, it's not, it's not the way it's going to be, but it is the way it is now. And we have to live through these, these things of bitter water. So last week we talked about God threw a stick, had Moses throw a stick in the waters and they came, became like honey, sweet. It was a miracle. And we had many of you came and dropped sticks and just to represent God, I'm, I'm letting go of my bitterness. Because if you don't let go of your bitterness, you're going to get stuck at Mara. Mara is the place of bitterness. If you don't let go, you're going to get stuck. And you don't want to be stuck in bitterness. You don't want to be stuck in despair. You don't want to be stuck in anxiety. You don't want to be stuck in how bad things have been. You have to have vision for something better. And if you don't and you lose hope, then despair sets in. And, and you know, it's, it's just, a, you know, you wish that the enemy played fair. If you know anything about the enemy, if you ever watch, and I can't, it, I've watched it a couple times. I used to have a guy came to church here, Nico, that fought. And I watched those MMA fighters. And, and you know, when they, when they knock one and, and they're, they're bleeding and they're about it, they don't go, oh, man, you okay? They're going to get down on top of them and just, you're going to finish the job. Because they're, they're there to win. That's the way the enemy fights. He doesn't go, oh, wow, you know, you've been through a hurricane. You know, let's go easy on them. No, the enemy comes in and says, now's the time. So what do we get? Many of you, how many of you have a kid at Mariner? Anybody here got a Mariner kid? Well, you got the joy of living an hour thinking there's an active shooter and your kids were in lockdown. That's the word we got from our, our, our daughter and our, our grandchildren. Where one of them was in a room, the shooter in their mind was banging on the door trying to get in the room. There were six dead. That was announced across the halls. Can you imagine the trauma? Maybe forget Hurricane Ian. They're in the hurricane of an active shooter. Every cop in Cape Coral was going towards Mariner High School. And come to find out it was a sick, demented, demonic hoax. But, you know, when you live in that moment, it, you, it, your minds, you've already, you're already thinking about your granddaughters, you know, getting shot. You're already thinking, you know, your, your mind and your, the kids in the school, the trauma of a lie can be as traumatizing as if something would have happened because they believed it was true because it was authorities that were speaking it and they're all locked in. So, I, you know, when we found out the good news, it was hard to get out of the bad. I'm already gone deep, man. We cried out to Jesus. We we're on our face praying for our two granddaughters that are there and all the kids that were there. And, and that's if we camp there and live in the fear that may be a shooter, that's how you stay in the bitter waters of Mara. But I want you to see what God does with his people. After he sweetened the water, look what it says he does in Exodus chapter 15, verse 27. Thank you. Verse 27. Then they came. Now, I've said it all my life probably wrong because I have a, a so software now that pronounces Bible words for you. <laughs> but it's too late. I can't change it. So... I'm going to say it's Elam, but it's Alim. I'm not Arabic. I don't know Hebrew, but it's pronounced. I already forgot. Anyway. <laughs> so if you're one of those sticklers on pronouncing things just right, you're in the wrong church because I make up words here if I don't know what they are. Just make up a word. 
and I say words that some of you wish you didn't know what they meant. And so, Alim, that's, that's cool, but Elam is how I learned it. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Now, just wanna, I want to just kind of marinate in this verse this morning. Now, remember, they've left the bitter waters. They've been through a hard time. Things are better, but they're still distressed. And God knows that right near every Mara, there's an Elam, right near. There's always, we're talking probably less than a day's walk. We're probably talking anywhere between seven, maybe 12 miles at the most, that, that God has something prepared. This isn't some happy accident. There's 12 springs, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. There's 70 palm trees, one for the families of the 70 elders of Israel. God had prepared a place for his children to celebrate. Life had been hard. They are, they're en route to a better land. They've got a title deed in their pocket that says, heading towards a land filled with milk and honey. But on the way there, they get a God interruption, a God surprise. And I want you to understand first this morning that no matter how bad we've been, no matter how whatever sin has done, it doesn't stop the surprises of God's grace to break into our lives. God will do things when you least deserve it, when you're not looking for it, when you don't expect it, and you don't even think you should have it happen to you. But God breaks in and says, I got a surprise for you. But, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, no. He prepared this before they ever got to Mara, before ever Ian slammed into Southwest Florida, before it ever slammed into us. God knew the different Elams that he had for us individually, for us as a church corporately. He knew that he was going to have a food truck. We've got over 80 thousand dollars into that. We hadn't paid milk yet, so who knows what that bill will be. And, uh, but we got over $80,000 that we took in within two weeks to pay for that food truck. $80,000. That thing's rolling out of debt. That thing is a, it's a mobile Elam. It's a, it's a spring. It's going to give out just acts of Kindness to people. It's not going to solve all the world's problems. But sometimes, like, I had a relative that was working for UPS and about killing himself, just learning the job, and, and, and had lost all this weight because they keep you on a massive time thing. Get to this house. Get, that's why you've got to holler them at your, in your neighborhood. Slow down. But anyway, they're always on a, on a mission. He was about to have an emotional mental breakdown. He dropped off his package. The door opens and said, sir, wait a minute. And he's like, you don't, you don't want to wait a minute. When you're a UPS driver, every minute counts. And so he said, no, I need to tell you something. And he stopped and he looked at him and he said, and they, they looked at him and said, I just wanted to remind you, Jesus loves you. That was it. He starts weeping. He almost couldn't finish his, his route because that was, a, that was an Elam. That was a spring of water that was like, yes, yes, this was timely. It was for me. And so those little moments, 
And, and, and our prayer is that you'll experience one this morning. That this will be a morning that you forget the bitter waters. You forget your problems and your failures. And you just stand before the goodness of God because Elam represents the goodness of a God that cares about his children and says, hmm, I'm going to make a cool place. The devil made Mara. God healed the bitter waters. God made Elam. He planted those trees. He harvested those springs or kept them clean and pure and water. Can you imagine the party they had out of the desert jumping in and just the beauty of the goodness, the honey, sweeter than honey of God. Do you have a God that you believe is that type of God, that he's so good, that he plans things so amazing, that are so beyond all that you could ask or think. They would have been happy with one well. They just had to wait in line a little longer. They'd have been happy with a little bit of shade. But he's got these 70 massive trees. And, you know, there were dates on those trees and the, 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 just the provision of our God. He knows where the good places are because he made the good places. He knows where to get you to a spot where he can have some time with you and love on you. You know, my wife and I, one of the blessings of not having TV or internet, uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a while before it gets out to where we live. Uh, but that's okay. We sat down the other night and we love uh, uh, picture books of our, uh, some of our trips that we've had. And we just sat down and we just went through a couple of them and just wept over the Elam experiences that we had with God during COVID. When the rest of the world had gone underground, we were traveling around you know, like idiots, but we were traveling around. I, you know, I ended up getting COVID from a friend back at home. So don't tell me it's more dangerous to travel. It was a friend gave it to me. He said he had poison ivy. You remember that night, Kelly. I prayed over him for his poison ivy. And he coughs and gives me COVID. Might have to throw another stick in the water for that little bitterness there. It's since it's coming up, coming up. So we, we, we found those spots where we met God just, just in, in his beauty. I thought of when we were in the Grand Canyon, we, our first week of sabbatical, uh, Kim has emergency uh, uh, surgery, had to have her appendix out. And I'm like, gallbladder. Man, I've been calling it an appendix all this time. <laughs> it's a gallbladder. That'll wreck a vacation. Let me just help you. On a sabbatical, you know, she ends up in the hospital. It's a long story. And, on, and so she's in recovery. And in our first outing, after the doctor gave her the go-ahead, we drove to the Grand Canyon. And I've been there many times. I've been there where there were so many people from other countries looking at a squirrel that you couldn't get out of your car. They were mad. What is it? Is it a, a lion? What could be there? They're all like, oh, pictures, cameras. They're crowded. I mean, I can't even get out of my car. They're like, you'll get behind me. And they're just all, a, and it's a squirrel. It's like, come to my house. You could film them all day. I'd already envisioned if I couldn't get any food after eating, I had my pellet rifle. I'm going to be shooting squirrels. You got to eat. You got to eat. The hawks eat them. I can eat them. My dog hates them. They drive him insane. He lives to chase the squirrels. He's never caught one. But someday his heaven will be, his Elam will be a squirrel between his fangs. So we get to the Grand Canyon and we go to the right. 
We're in the southern rim, the right, and you can't find anywhere to park, and she doesn't want to walk anywhere because she's just had surgery. And I'm like, really? This is, this is, so we go to the one part that we've been to before, and it's closed. It ends at a place called Hermit's Rest, which is this incredible place where you can get hot chocolate. It's on the end of the canyon. Look out, and, and, and it's closed. I said to the guy, I said, dude, what's going on? He says, well, it's under construction, and we're only letting people with special needs come in. I said, well, my wife just had surgery. <laughs> Does that count? She'll show you the scar. Honey, show him the scar. Show him the scar. <laughs> Believe me, I had a scar after that because she, the pinch. and the, That's the bad part about being heavy. You can get a good handful. And she got a good handful. Of, uh, and, and it's like the guy looks at it and he goes, I got a good feeling about you guys. Here's the code to the gate. Boop, 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 drove in there, saw two or three cars the entire time, no buses, nobody. It was just kidding. We got to the end and not another human there. Now, this is the Grand Canyon. If you've ever been there, it's like, you know, the average person spends less than three minutes looking at the Grand Canyon, and then they freak out and leave. That's just statistically, that's what I did the first time I got there. All the people looking at the squirrel, I looked at the canyon and go, wow, that's a big ditch. Let's go. We're out of here, honey. So we had this spot, we had an Elam experience. We didn't expect it to be alone in, in the Grand Canyon. And we just sat there and we found a verse on the, one of the walls that had been posted there about God riding upon the clouds and his majesty. And I just want you to know that, yeah, there's bitter waters. But not far away, there's Elam waiting on you. You can die at the bitter water. You can give up, quit, whine, complain. I'm done. It's over. You can, you can stay there. You, you make it a zip code for you. Or you can say, i got to get up. God's got better things for me. I don't want to settle here. I'm going for the better stuff. There's an Elam waiting out there. I don't know how. I don't know. Let me just say this. In my experience, there's more Elams than Maras in life. It feels like there's more Mars because they're painful. They're harsh. I mean, I've, I'm 65 years old. I've lived in Florida my whole life. I've lived through Donna. I've lived through Andrew. I've lived through Charlie and Irma. I've lived through the no-name storm and on Sanibel. But I've never lived through anything like Ian. I'm just saying, I'm not going to say, hopefully it's another lifetime. It, 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 it was just one of those things that, you, you, you live through and you say, Lord, that's not going to define, I'm not going to, because the next tropical source, it's got to be another, Elam. no, you, you look for Elams, not Maras. You'll find the Maras. They'll find you. Bitter waters will find you. But you got to know that there's better things coming and don't settle for this. It's not a long ways away. Just if it's a long ways if you quit, if you give up. Now, they got to the well and they they didn't achieve it. They didn't build it. They didn't do anything but receive it. See, that's grace. That's honey. When we call it that food truck sweeter than honey, it's, it's what's sweeter than honey is Jesus, his love, his kindness, his goodness, his grace. That's why it says comida gratis. Did I say it right? Close enough. Free food. Comida any Spanish trailer park, mobile home park we go in, they see those two words, free food. That's all it'll ever be. We'll never take a dime. Someone will walk up and try to buy a snow cone for $1,000. And I'd say, no, 
This is, this, is, this is representing the honey of the Lord. His honey is, he produced it. He gives it. All we can do is dip our hands in it. Now, how much do you want? The wells, they could have as much as they wanted in those wells. So there's, there, there, it's not far away. There's more Elam's than there are Mara's. And Elam's are just a taste that something's coming that's so much better than you could ever imagine even the Elam was. Or Alim, even the Alim. It's, it's, there's this taste of something that gives us a foretaste of something coming. If we don't believe that, if we don't believe that even the good things that happen to us now are just small taste of what's coming, of the goodness of God, and that every taste of an Elam is, is an invitation to go after more of what God has for you, not to satisfy. They didn't live there. Why not? Because they had a title deed in their pocket for the promised land. And you don't settle at Elam when you can have the promised land. It's good, but it ain't great. It's wonderful, but it ain't home. We're heading for a land that flows in milk and flows in honey. The promised land. They left Egypt. God promised them, gave them the title deed. This is yours. Go get it. It was a journey for us going along. We get tastes like this. And in the taste of worship and the beauty of God, we, we're reminded there's better coming. In this life, times of God's breakout among us and his goodness, but there's another world coming that'll never have hurricanes. It'll never have bitter waters. It'll never have diseases and sicknesses. Never have divorce. Never have active shooters. It's another world that's coming. But we're to reflect a little bit of that world coming. That's why the food truck, we're going to go mobile. It's a mobile Elam. We're just going to go out and, and just give out whatever. That's just something to say, God hadn't forgotten you. We do it every week in this church. Every Thursday we do it in this church. Many of you are here because somebody reminded you God hadn't forgotten you. He's not mad at you. Some of you today would have a total, do you, can you imagine, I'm sure some of these people felt God's really mad at me. I shouldn't go to that Elam. God's like, no, you don't get grace. Grace is about taking what isn't your deservedness. It's by taking something that's a gift of goodness. It's not about I'm good enough to go. It's God's good enough to give it. Are you humble enough to receive it? Go to Elam. Come to it today. Look for ways that God will give it to you. In your marriage, maybe God will send someone to you to be an Elam in your life. That every time you get around them, they're like a fresh spring. They're, they're shade trees. They're Elams. My Elam was Bob Mannershot. He died while I was preaching on this chapter. I was preaching on Israel crossing the Red Sea. And as I was preaching... I uh, had someone, uh, Doug, I know he's here somewhere, but came by and got permission and said, can I tell Jamie, right in the middle of the message, my best friend died. He would die while I was preaching. He had to listen to more sermons other than my wife and kids and probably anybody. And he's like, Lord, if I get a chance, then I go while Jamie's preaching, just interrupt him a little bit. <laughs> I know that's what he did. <laughs> Bob was a great man. He was a self-made millionaire. He, he was a dropout of high school 
The principal said to him, Manishad, you're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. That motivated him. You know, Tom Brady might have been motivated by not getting picked in the draft. Well, Bob Manishad got motivated by a principal saying, you're a loser and you'll never amount. And he had a single mom that he had to go to work, provide for. On his, on their, their uh, uh, big, what do you call it when a high school celebrates uh, um, reunion? Well, it's a 10-year reunion. By now, Bob's made himself uh, his first few million. And they, they said, do you want to buy an ad? And he said, I want to buy a, a whole page, both two pages. They said, we don't have two pages. Yes, you do. And he wrote him a check. And they said, now we do. We have two-page ads. <laughs> and he went and lined up every vehicle in his fleet of workers. All of his people stood by. He had a big king's chair and a cigar. And he sat in the chair. And it said, R.P. Manderscheid Incorporated. And that's all it said. It was giving the finger to the principal, saying, you might not have thought I could buy whatever you live in 10 times over because he's industrious and he found his Elams. Man, he, he found Jesus. And, and, and right as we met him on Sanibel Island, he had just come to Christ. This is 44 years ago. 43, 44, whatever. And we met him. He's self-made, retired, and now he's come to Jesus and he was in Elam, and his wife is still Sue. She's probably watching online right now. They were Elams in our life. Every time things got really bad, they would come around our life. One time things were so horrible, I quit the church. I quit as I'm done. And this is Sanibel, and uh, this is a, a many lifetimes ago. And he stopped me, and he didn't try to talk me out of it. He pulled his wallet out. He took out three $100 bills. You're going to understand back then that's like well, over 1000 now. He said, you go to this restaurant, Mount Dora. You get the best room, and you get the best meal. And you stay with your wife, and you don't make a decision until after that night's sleep and that meal. And we went to Mount Dora, Lakeside Inn, still there. We still go visit sometimes. And it's the dysfunction, but you talk about an Elam. I had steak, filet mignon, no big deal, stuffed with oysters, big deal. I've never had it since. I didn't know there was such a thing. It was such a taste. We laid in bed that night and we cried because our friend said, there's too much counting on you guys. You got missionaries. You got people in the church, there's too much counting on you. And we laid there and we cried together because we had an Elam experience. And we said, here's the, here's the danger of Elams. See, God tests us at Mara. God recruits us at Elam. He's mean like that. <laughs> God doesn't say it, Mara. Hey, anybody want to join up? Follow me? No. Well, look what we got. Bitter water's following you. Nah, come here. He takes you to the sweetness of 12 springs, 70 trees, abundance. Hey, anybody want up for a journey? Yes. We see who's leading us. You're the shepherd that knows how to lead to green pastures. You're the shepherd that knows how to walk beside quiet waters. You're the shepherd that leads his sheep to refresh and restore their souls. I'm up. And we re-upped that day, that night, and we've had many of those episodes since then where we were done or she was done or I was done or we were both done. And you have that Elam experience of just the goodness of God. Not when you deserve it, but just his kindness saying, I love you. In fact, God had prepared this place before they ever left 
Egypt. Hundreds of years before those trees were growing, God's saying, I'm saving this spot. Jesus said it this way in the Gospel of John. Hey, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and get you so that you can be with me in that place. God's got a prepared place for you in his heart. See, our Elam's are in us through Jesus. He is our Elam. He's my springs. He's my shelter. He's my refuge. And I see glimpses of that in people, in places, in circumstances, but ultimately, it's in Jesus. I don't have to go somewhere to find my Elam. I have to have my eyes open to see that he's the king of Elam. He's the source of waters. One of the books I survived on in my early days as a follower of Christ through seminary was called Springs, Streams in the Desert by somebody, Cowan. It was a female. She compiled all these short devotions about how to survive in hard times and how to find the Elams, how to, how to savor those moments. And you don't, you don't fear, well, i got to go back because it, it says they camped there. They didn't live there. And the next verse, chapter 16, verse 1, they're back at it, back in the wilderness. But they're refreshed. You don't get refreshed to retire. You get refreshed to go back to work. It may be in a different way. I'm not, no, not making a despite on somebody that's retired. You work just different ways. You don't get refreshed. One of the things we had to commit to when we tried to get a, a, a foundation to give us money to go on sabbatical, which didn't end up happening, but you had to commit to stay at your church for two or three years after the sabbatical if they were to give you the money. Because they didn't want people to end their ministry with a big, woo, we're done. Okay, we're out of here. So we felt that obligation when we had our Elam experiences, which we had many on sabbatical, because of you, because of people like Gary and Nuri that sold a Harley for us to go on. I know you're here somewhere, but sold a Harley for us to go on sabbatical. I thought, who would I sell a Harley for? I can't think of anybody. <laughs> Where are you, Gary? You're, you're back there. I can't tell you what that meant, uh, you know, just that you, you, would, you would do that. And we took you with us and many, 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 many people that invested in us to be able to go and have a trip of a lifetime. But it, it, when you have those Elam experiences, it's to get back in the game. God recruits you all over again. And my wife, two days, three days before, we were at your place Mitch, we're up in uh, North Georgia in the blue. And Kim's like, I'm not going back. I'm like, what? I can't go without you. I don't care, but I'm not going. I'm done. And here we are. We'd had our sabbatical, and it was time to come back. And She had this encounter with the Lord where just his goodness overshowed her, and he took the yoke out and said, Kim, would you put this back on? She got on her knees. I didn't know this. She didn't tell me. I thought, well, maybe we're done because we got this deal. When I'm done, she's done, and when she's done, I'm done. And she put the yoke back on because God was mean to her. He was so good, had blessed her so many different ways that it's like, how can I not put the yoke back on? How could I not go back into the battle? And that's, it's just good. The goodness of God leads us to sign up again. 
or maybe some of you for the first time, you sign up and you say, I'm going to go all in because of the Elam's in my life. Yeah, I've had bitter waters, but I've also had some Elam's that I didn't deserve. And God's recruits at Elam, at Mara, he tests us. We got to have that. But he invites us to drink of the well, expect more blessings because of that, more blessings to come, and ultimately a land that flows with milk and honey. So we never settle in whatever mountaintop we're on. As Forrest Gump would say, that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> so let's pray. You know you're done when the Lord just says, that's enough. That's enough. I've given my heart. I've given my word. I'm giving my invitation now. We're always straight up at the vineyard. It's never a hidden agenda. We're not like, whoop, oh, by the way, we want you to find Jesus. No, we're straight up. There's nothing sweeter. Sweeter than honey is the love of Jesus. And if you're here today, and maybe God's given you some, some Elam experiences of just his kindness, his goodness. He's calling you. He's inviting you to come and follow him. It's not follow him and there'll be one Elam after another. There's going to be some bitter waters in there, some Maras. There's going to be some hard trials. But there's more Elams than there are those hard trials. There's more good things. If you put all the bad things that ever happened to your life, the whole, most worst, horrible things, it's probably less than a year worth of your whole life. And you've lived your whole life without those horrible things. And having Elam experiences that maybe you didn't even know it was God. You just thought maybe it was a happy accident. I don't know why things have worked out so good. It's his goodness. I don't know why this happened. And it's his blessing. He's inviting you to come to him for more. He is sweeter than honey. If you're here today and you've, you've just never made that full surrender, or maybe you made it a lifetime ago, and it's time to re-up, he's re-inviting you to come after him with all of your heart. Maybe you're online and you just happen to catch us and this is just the goodness of, of our God saying, come home. Come home. Jesus invites us to come to him. He invites us to come and experience his forgiveness and his love. You don't create it. You don't earn it. You don't achieve it. It's a gift. You receive it. So what do I do, Jamie? Well, you, you just whisper a prayer to Jesus. Simple. Jesus. I need you in my life. I freshly surrender my life to you. Just tell him that in your words. Lord, forgive my sins and let your sweet waters of salvation flow in my life. Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me. New beginning. He's the God of new beginnings. He raises the dead. He can rebuild a community. He can restore fractured relationships that you've given up on. He can bring prodigals home that have been away. 
He can capture people that you care about that you can't reach, but he can. So trust him this morning. Lord, as we come to baptize these folks, Lord, if there's some that just need to make today a day of good news in their life, a day that they've come to the the greatest Elam that there is, the cross of our Lord Jesus, and they've been forgiven and washed and cleansed. Lord, give them the courage to stand today, Lord, for you. Bless those that are being baptized, Lord, and we just look forward to the rest of the day celebrating together. You're good. You're good. You're sweeter than honey. In Jesus' name, amen.